Hello, and welcome to episode number 22 of my podcast, Ranks for Everything. And I bet you thought this podcast was dead, because guess what? I did too. But I'm home tonight. It's a Tuesday night. Not much is going on. And I'm like, you know what? I have a little bit left in me. Let's crank on another episode. Maybe this is a revival. Maybe this is a standalone. Time will tell. I was actually shocked because... I didn't even have the app anymore on my phone. I deleted it, put it back on my phone. And the last episode had 43 views, which is, well, downloads, which is more than any other episode. So I was quite surprised in a good way. So maybe people do want to hear what I have to say. This is going to be a solo episode, obviously, because it's very spur of the moment. And I actually compiled a very rough list. So here's a couple updates. It is... February, no, it's March 2022, and since the last time you spoke to me, uh, I moved into a new apartment, and that's pretty much it. I like my new place, and it's definitely different than the old place. It's a little noisier. I live alongside a major road, so I hear traffic, but I grew up living next to a major road, so the sound of traffic is not upsetting to me. It's more comforting. And it makes you realize there's people around you, like going around different places at all times. I do like the quiet, though. So tonight's topic is going to be a personal one. And you're going to hear some stories, maybe funny, might be sad. So tonight, we're going to have my top five most regrettable purchases that I could think of at the moment. And let's start with number five. And my number five is a very personal one because I'm using it right now. It is my iPhone 12. I hate this phone. It has the worst battery life I've ever had in any phone. And, I mean, it's functional. It has a great camera. But the battery life is what kills me. And I was actually talking to someone today. And I was saying that the most important thing in a phone to me is the battery life. And... Which is strange because people like the bells and whistles. But for me, I want a phone that lasts. And this phone, I have to charge it at least once a day. And it's like I use it on my walk. And it goes down to like 30% after like two two and a half hours. Granted, I don't just leave it in my pocket. But it goes down pretty quickly. So that's annoying. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I would have gotten it. I wish I had known the battery was so bad because I probably would have held out for another model which is the 13, and unfortunately with the way iPhones are, you have to pay X amount of money before you can get a new one, and I will get a new one in the fall, so I just have to hold on for another six months or so, and then I will get a new phone. I miss the old days when you used to be able to pay $300 for the phone, and then it was $600, now it's like 1000 and you paid an installment, so my bill is cheaper monthly, but ultimately it's more annoying because the phone is more expensive. But isn't everything more expensive? So number five was my iPhone 12. Number four are collectibles. Specifically, we'll say action figures slash dolls that I thought would be worth something someday and they're not. I was a big action figure collector in the 90s. I had Star Trek, Star Wars... Simpsons, Captain Planet, and there were a couple times I bought stuff thinking it would be a quote-unquote collector's item. One of my favorite stories was I went to Sam Goody, which is an old store, doesn't exist anymore, in the Smith Haven Mall of Lake Grove, 
And the Spice Girls were popular, and they made dolls. So I said, I'm going to buy Spice Girl dolls. So I bought them. They were $20 each, and they only had uh, they had all of them but Sporty. For some reason, Sporty was not available in this set. And I was excited because Ginger eventually left the group. So I bought the Spice Girl dolls, and I kept them in the package. No, I did not play with them. And... Then I bought Sporty later in this future line, which was the on-tour line. And guess what? They're not worth much. And I've done that with the Star Trek action figures. I've kept them in the package. And it kind of got on my nerves. Because, no, they're not worth much. And it's nice to buy stuff because you like them. But don't buy them on a gamble. One of my classic stories that I like to tell has to do with my parents. And they bought a Star Trek action figure, which was a character called Thomas Riker, who is, if you've never seen Star Trek, there's a character named Commander Riker, and in an episode, he was cloned. So this was his clone, because his name was William Thomas Riker, that's his full name, and the clone was named Thomas Riker. So my parents got this rare action figure, and they're like, it's worth a lot of money, it's worth about $150, and they decided to hold on to it, because they thought it'd be worth more in the future. Well, guess what? It wasn't. It was worth almost nothing. And think, In fact, it's worth almost nothing now. So... The moral of the story is, if you buy something, buy it because you like it, not because of quote-unquote future value, because you can't predict what the value of something is. And that's kind of the moral of my next item on my list as well. Number three, Beanie Babies. Yes, I am someone who has succumbed to the fads over the years. I had Tamagotchis in the 90s, and I had Beanie Babies, and I knew that they were cute, but I bought them because they were going to quote-unquote be collectible. And I have many, many stories. My friend Melissa, who has been a former guest, can attest to. I used to go to Stony Brook University, and they would have Beanie Baby raffles, which were absolutely ridiculous. They were during, like, the campus lifetime, which was when there were no classes. Everything would shut down, and I'd go to the bookstore, and you'd get a number and you'd win the right to be able to buy a Beanie Baby. So, like, if you were number 10, you got chosen, and you were the 10th person to be able to line up and buy one. Which is ridiculous, because they're just little plush stuffed animals. And my brother and I collected them. I was probably about 16, 17. My brother was 11, 10 or 11, and I had about 80 of them. Another story that was pretty amusing was there was a blizzard, and... I called this florist, which was called Perry's Florist. It was in the town of, um, the bottom of Conkoma. And I drove during treacherous conditions on the Sunrise, to, not the Sunrise, the LIE service road to get to this florist because they had the newest Beanie Babies in stock. And I threw about $100 into them, bought about 10 of them, and I was excited. I bought the tag protectors. So I was a pretty serious collector. I displayed them all in my bookshelf in my my room. And, you know, they were cute. I was too old to play with them. I don't know why I bought them, but that's something about myself that I've discovered as I look across my bedroom and see my giant collection of board games on my shelf. I have a collector's mentality, and I guess that's just how I am. It was action figures, Beanie Babies, DVDs, now board games. Oh, and also books. I forgot books. So 
That's an honorable mention, actually, for my list, which I'll add in a second. So, yeah, Beanie Babies were not a great investment. They're currently sitting in a giant Tupperware in my parents' house, and I know my mom's not thrilled about having to store them there, but I don't have space for them in my apartment. I don't know what to do with them either. So if you have any ideas and you talk to me, please tell me because I'd love to know. Besides donating them somewhere, I would love to get some money back from them, but I think that's probably too much to ask, isn't it? Yeah, I would say so. So yeah, Beanie Babies. Honorable mention, before I get to number two and number one. So, actually, you know what? I'll do number two because it's not that exciting. Number two is the Xbox 360. So, I bought the Xbox because I wanted to play a video game called Final Fantasy XIII. And here's an important note for people. Don't buy a system for one game. There was about, I think I had five games in total for that system. And having played a PlayStation 3 in the last two years, I realized that I just think that wasn't a great generation for gaming because I didn't find a lot of games I wanted to play on that either. So I bought the system for this one game, which turned out to be not very good. And it was disappointing to me because $300 and I was like a PlayStation fanboy. I never really had an Xbox. And then it's like I spent the money on it and I barely used it. I ended up selling it to a coworker for much less than I paid for it. So the lesson I want to impart to all of you is if you like video games, don't buy a system just for one game. Make sure there's a bunch of games. Right now, the PlayStation 5 is available, and there's nothing that's exclusive to the PlayStation 5 as of now, so I have no desire to buy it. My PlayStation 4 is still alive and kicking. Knock on wood. So, yes. Before I get to my number one, which is going to be a, a little bit of a sad story. I know, this episode is a little negative, but... So, my honorable mention are books. Uh, for those of you who know me, I'm a librarian by practice and by occupation, and I read a lot. I try to read every night before bed, and reading has always been very important to me. And you would think that because I work in a library, I would get free books and not buy it many. Well, I had a slight aversion to books in the library. I had this notion that they were dirty, they had stains in them, which is partially true. And I decided that it skeeved me out enough to buy books. So... I had a home library. I had about probably 150 books. And as some of you could attest to back in the day, I would buy about, I would say, an average of two to three books a week, which is a lot. And I wouldn't buy hardcover books, and I wouldn't pay full price. I would go to bookstores like Borders. Yes, yes, Borders. And I would look for sales. I would buy the trade paperbacks, which are $14.99, and those are slightly better quality than the mass market paperbacks, which are the smaller ones that you could find. And I would buy them on sale, buy one, get one free. And a lot of the books I bought, I didn't really enjoy. And I just continuously kept buying and buying. It's my mentality of just the collector's mentality, which I mentioned earlier. And I bought for a long time. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm spending a lot of money on books. I'm going to start buying used books. So I went on Amazon I bought some used books, 3 or $4, much more affordable. The quality wasn't awful. Sometimes they were a little ripped, but not stained. And then I came to a realization. It took me like seven or eight years to come to this realization, but I read a book. I'm done with it. I'm not a rereader. 
I'm not someone who goes back to my favorite books and read again. I'm a one and done kind of guy with my books. So why am I spending my money on books when I just read them once and I either give them away if anyone wants them, if nobody wants them, throw them away or donate them depending on the time of of the book. So that's a lot of books. So my collection of books went from 150 to I think I currently have six or seven. And the ones I have are ones I couldn't get rid of. Either they're pretty important to me or they are assigned books by the author and I couldn't. Like I have a Diary of a Wimpy Kid that's signed by the author and I have a book that was signed by Tim Gunn. So I feel like I just can't toss those out. They're also personalized to me, so I couldn't just give them away. So I use a library. I work in a library. I mostly read new books. So I get new books. They're not gross. And they're free. And the best part is, if I don't like them, I don't have to do anything other than give them back. And I'll tell you the number of books I bring in versus the number of books I actually finish is a very small number. But I'm allowed to be picky because it costs me nothing. So the public service announcement is use your library if you can. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, so my last item is my biggest regret, and this is a sad one, was buying my co-op. So I purchased a co-op, and I'm going to be full disclosure here, and I'm going to be transparent with what I spent, because I don't feel like it's a secret. I purchased my co-op in 2007. I wanted to move out of my parents' house. I had a full-time job, and I wanted to live on my own. And here's a little pro-life tip for people. Don't rush moving out of your parents' house, because living on your own is expensive, and you know, if your parents, especially if they're not charging you rent, which mine didn't, there's no reason to rush out. Independence is nice, but you know what? It's not all it's cracked up to be. So I bought a place. It was a co-op. It was in Corum, New York, Long Island. And it was $116,000, which is not expensive at the time. It was tiny. It was a one-bedroom, and it was a... uh basically a studio but it was like a super studio because they made it look like it was bigger so the living room slash dining room had a giant mirrored wall to make it look like it was a big big room but it wasn't it had a kitchen that fit one person maybe two but no more than that it was so small when i opened up the dishwasher i had to open the oven to be able to get stuff in and out which is pretty funny so that was that was the first room Living room, dining room, and then tiny kitchen. Then you walk through the living room. At the back of the living room was a door to the bedroom. And I found out later on that most of the apartments of my style did not have even a door to the bedroom. But whoever bought it decided to create the illusion that it was not a studio. So they put a door in the bedroom. So I had a bedroom. And it was a decent-sized bedroom. I had a queen-sized bed. Two large closets. In the living room was a walk-in closet that was like a storage closet. Not super big. So you're asking, where was the bathroom? The bathroom was in the bedroom. Yes. So whenever I had guests over, they had to go through my bedroom into my bathroom. And I used to kind of rationalize it. Oh, it makes me keep my bedroom clean. But did I like having people walking through my bedroom? No. Because I'm sure you know when you have guests over, sometimes you don't have time to clean the entire apartment. And the bedroom's the room you can just close the door. Not in my apartment. Nope, people have to use the bathroom. Can't begrudge them for that. And they have to traipse through my bedroom. It's like, okay. So 
Not the best thing to buy. The entire apartment is 400 square feet, which is tiny. For those of you who don't know the size of a house, I'll put in perspective, my current apartment is about 850 square feet, which is double the size. And, you know, I'm still one person, but it was fine for one person, but it's not something I should have been buying with my own money. It's something, it's not something I should have owned. So I'm going to kind of yada, yada, yada over the situation of what got me to leave because that's a whole other podcast and a whole other conversation. But let's just say that I had some unsavory characters living around me and they got progressively worse until I had a crazy neighbor who kind of threatened me. So more on that another time or maybe not. But the bottom line is financially, I wanted to leave. The apartment wasn't working for me, both in terms of my physical safety as well as the space. And I was trapped because... The housing market is like a roller coaster. It has its ups and it has its downs. And when I wanted to leave, the values basically plummeted. So my $106,000, I think it was $106,000 after my down payment mortgage, I owed about $99,000. And the the house was currently selling for, when I put it up for the market, it was $50,000. So in that case, for those of you who don't know real estate terminology, that's called the short sale. When the value of your apartment or house is lower than the value that you owe. So what basically happens is the bank forgives the difference, but you have to have, uh, it goes onto your credit as, it's like a bad credit, it's a knock against you, and it stays on your credit for seven years as a short sale. So I wasn't expected to make up the difference because I didn't have $50,000 just lying around the bank to pay the difference. So my apartment that was $106,000, I eventually sold for $50,000. And it was a very difficult time getting it out of my, you know, getting it out of my name. But eventually it panned out and I ended up getting rid of it. So that was my biggest regret. I'm not going to say I'll never buy again, but it definitely gave me pause for thought. You know, and I recommend that if you're buying, look at the market, look at what you're buying, make sure something you really want to live in because you could get stuck like me. Hopefully you don't, but it's very possible that you could. So I yammered on for a good almost 20 minutes here, and I hope someone will listen to this episode, and I hope people are surprised in a good way, and maybe I'll get some guests. If you want to be a guest, let me know. Maybe this is a new, a new star for this podcast. Thank you again for listening to Ranks for Everything. I'm Brian, and I hope you have a good night. Stay safe, be well, and love one another.